Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. I didn't notice bad weather in Boston. Are, are you okay, though? Like, is there a secret hurricane that came through? We, we had some rain. I was on a broken train yesterday. That was fun. Yeah, the uh, the lovely, uh, well-maintained uh, public transportation of, of Massachusetts uh, let me down yesterday. So I got to experience what it's like to make the express train stop and then let everybody else get on and cross oh my the tracks goodness. through the train. Oh, my goodness. I had a meeting with some high-level officials off the record about our lovely tea trying to – and my question was like, hey, uh, yeah, I know you're in charge of this. Uh, why does it suck so bad? <laughs> like, like, what's going on here? And I heard the most horrible – disturbing, depressing tale of fiefdoms and political infights of people they are so worried about their own little department that they will, you know, throw people like you under the bus team. Under the train, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, uh, some of the T cars, uh, they were supposed to be uh, retired 23 years ago. Yeah. And they can't, and they don't make any new cars for it. So when an engine blows out we can't just buy a new engine like we have to go to these specialists that like cast these parts like they would if you were trying to get a custom built like axle in like a 1960 ferrari which is very very expensive because our city won't like budget for new trains it's terrible Good so golly. it's like every time that a train breaks it's like you trying to fix your audi tt and put the airbags yes it? that's it's, <laughs> it's like that except if i had to have every single part made from scratch for a cost of like what it would be a hundred to just buy it new. Fantastic. Yeah. I love our city. Our, our money, it's great. Our money should work. I, <laughs> I was mostly annoyed because it interrupted my uh, my Mario and Rabbids game and I had to get up and put oh, it. Oh, that, so oh, that so game is so good. That game is so good. So good. I love like, that game. I I I don't know if you got to the point where you unlock Peach yet. But, yeah, no. No. How much further do I have to go? Uh, end of world two. Okay, it I is can do that. It. it is worth it. I don't I even want to do spoil that. it for you. I I want you to experience it fresh, but I think okay. it will be I think you will find it is worth the wait. You are not so, I will I will I will say this, you are not rescuing Peach. So Okay, I yeah. love it. I love it. so Micah, do you know what a rabbit is? Do you have any idea what we're talking about right yeah, now? Yeah, we, we talked about it on this show actually. Okay. I can't remember because like Well this yeah. was this uh, was last week briefly I was gushing oh, about it because I okay. I am like un, un I think you did it before too, if I remember. in love with this game. Like I, I yeah. like we know my reactions to all things Nintendo and yeah. I usually can find things to poke fault in, and I have nothing bad to say about this game. I yeah, I am great. in love with this game so much, and it is just, it's delightful. Like, the uh, the rabbits bring, like, a fun new element to, to Mario that wasn't there before sometimes. Like, it was starting to get a little stale, and them just kind of coming in and crapping all over the place is just, is, is hilarious and fun in a way that I don't feel like that universe has been in a really long time. And it's, yeah, it's no, so much, and I the agree. gameplay's good. It's like, my first XCOM, it's, oh, it's so good. 
It's really good. It's yeah. really good. At first, I was worried that, you know, like, rabid peach is literally just a rabid with peach in a wig. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so this is the only woman in the game. Is it going to be, like, full of a bunch of sexist stereotypes? But it's not. She's totally, I love rabid peach, yeah. I think, more than real peach. So yeah, like she, she, not, she takes out enemies and then takes selfies as they're collapsing behind her. It's awesome. And, oh, it's, it's so amazing. good. It's so good. Uh, I think you'd like this, Micah. You should play it. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I, I could I could do the rabbits. I'm taking a little bit of a break from Mario right now because I saw the most disturbing image of uh Daddy Mario. Uh, what? Oh, is it, is yeah. it shirtless shirtless Mario? What? Is that yeah, what shirtless about? shirtless Mario oh, with his with his on. his daddy yeah. chest hair on display. Yeah, and so- I just I just I'm I'm I just uh, have to take a break. Yeah. Yeah, there there was a there was a uh, Nintendo Direct last, last yesterday as we're recording this and apparently there's some sort of like a seaside area in the new Mario game and Mario's running around and he uh, apparently there was controversy as to whether he has nipples or not and apparently he does. So there you go. Um, Settle that. <laughs> somebody somebody put uh, like someone on on Twitter edited the photo to include chest hair on Mario and and that's when I was like, all right, I guess I'll be taking a break from Mario for a while. <laughs> I, I'm not into this. No? I, I I can appreciate guys, but I'm not into this. <laughs> same and same. <laughs> not, like Link, I like Link. I'd, I would, I would talk to Link if he were at a party. I would, I would. Mario, I would not talk to. So, I agree. I agree. Uh, and, and honestly, anytime they attach that word to anything, I just, every part of me just, it's, it's like, it's subatomic quiver of, of grossed out. So, I don't like it. Which word, Mario or daddy? Yeah, that second one. Steve, Steve, look, we talked about the, please don't appropriate. D word on the show. That's a historical trash. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll bleep. I'll bleep it out with a Mario okay, Fireball thank appropriately. You. Thank you. Please do. Come on. We don't need Shanley Canley on our <laughs> oh, butt on the show. That's the last thing I need. Uh, uh, you know, th- there are multiple last things you need. The other yeah. last thing you need is to have your identity stolen. Oh, nice segue. Nice thank segue. you. Thank you. Yeah. Look, very good. Equifax is a garbage heap dumpster fire. <laughs> barely functioning yep. consumer credit monitoring system of a failure. So if you haven't heard... Uh, <laughs> Can you say those words one more time? How did no, you say it? I wrote of, those uh, down. Yeah, okay. Please read that back we'll to see. me. Okay. Oh, it's... Yeah? it's uh, let's see. It's... um. A garbage heap dumpster fire of a credit monitoring consumer protection mistake in existence. That's not what I said the first time. I don't remember. Basically, Equifax okay. is the worst. Uh, they had this massive, massive, massive hack back in, what was it, March? Uh, yeah, back in March. Um, and... Or rather, sorry, no, in May, uh, in May is whenever this happened. And 143 million U.S. consumers, as well as some Canadian and U.K. consumers, had a bunch of their stuff stolen. Credit card, uh, photo ID, uh, driver's license numbers, addresses, names, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there was some stuff going around about how Equifax was trying to um, basically get people to opt into credit monitoring. And by doing so, they would lose the opportunity to be able to sue the company. Yeah. 
a lot of companies came forward and were like, or rather, a lot of uh, governments came forward and were like, uh, "Look, that's not that we're not doing that. You, yeah. that, that that's, that's not how that's going to work." And so it, it's pretty much like what people are saying now is it's hardly admissible in a, in a court of law. If a judge would be like, yeah, about that. No, you're wrong. So, um, I mean, but like the mega issue here is, I mean, some of the allegations that came out of Ars Technica are beyond astonishing. Like one of them being, they are saving key consumer information in plain text, not salting and hashing it, like just storing it in plain text, which is, I mean, that is, is if it's true, and it's important to stay, it's just an allegation. But if that's true, I don't know how this company exists because they should be just sued out of existence mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, what do you think, Steve? I, I, I keep reading the reports that are coming out and and there's like multiple now the what they're saying that caused the main breach is that there was a struts vulnerability apache struts is a web application framework that is used by a number of websites and that there was a vulnerability that that came out in march that was being exploited very quickly and apparently it this this breach happened two months after that after that struts vulnerability was made public Yep. And, you know, in fairness, it, I, I shouldn't even say in fairness because there's no fairness to them, but it, it's not just like download a patch and you're done. Something no. like this generally involves recompiling all the applications and testing them, which fine. Maybe you, you drop everything and take like a month to do that. But the fact that it was still out there two months later with some really, you know, scary exploits out there is completely inexcusable and that's not even getting into some of the the websites that they had in other countries where they had i think it was argentina they had this uh site called ayuda which had all of these employees information available if you just typed in admin admin into the back end of the website and Mm -hmm. it's just like the stuff that like day one it you learn not to do and this company is like no consumer is their customer by choice And it's one of these three companies that just ended up in this position where they have control over every person's identity in the United States and and, uh, in some cases abroad. And there's no oversight. There's they have they have no idea what they're doing, clearly, because these are like basic things that they're not doing to to protect people's identity. And they're responsible for protecting you from other people stealing your identity. It's. It's just every time I see something else, I just facepalm harder, and I'm probably going to have to go invest in some bandages pretty soon if I keep this up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's completely indefensible. And, I mean, I don't – you know, for me, as someone that's running for Congress, this is job number one on how do we fix this. Because clearly we've got this culture where you've got um, – you know, the companies behind this – their mission is to, you know, basically paralyze regulatory apparatus of government to, mm-hmm. you know, stop people from coming in and having lawsuits about this. And I mean, like Mike and Steve, forgive me if I'm wrong or if I'm not seeing it, but I can't see any way to solve this and get them to take this seriously that doesn't involve millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in civil suits. I mean, am I wrong here? No, no, that's, that's, that's what it has to be. That's clearly the language that they're speaking because it, as, as you know, we've, we've noted and stuff, it, it showed that they were in there trying to stop people 
even ahead of this all happening from uh, being able to, you know, put class action lawsuits if a leak were to happen. So yeah. there, this, there's no sort of consumer focused company here. This is not a company that cares about all of the people whose data they have. And yep. mind you, m much of this is without like any sort of consent other than I live in the United States and I have to have a credit report because that's the way that our you know economy works. Aside from that, all of this data gets put into their stuff and they're supposed to be guarding this and they're not doing a good job of it. And it seems like the only language that they're going to speak while they're collecting all of this money is the language of money and they should be sued as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, you can't even take your business elsewhere because you're not choosing to be their customer. It's it's the banks and, and other companies, businesses that are their customers. Like, we're not their customers. We just happen to own the data that they are, that they're collecting and then selling and aggregating to other people. And, I mean, the other problem is just that we have, we've kind of built this whole identity system, at least in the United States, around a social security number that was never designed to be used for that purpose. And it's like, if every time that one of these sites gets hacked, you, you lost your password, but you can't change it. And, and that's the other problem that that's there. And I don't know how you fix that either. There's no security in the social security number at this point. There, there wasn't before, but now that literally, uh, you know, 150 million people have had their information linked and sold to nefarious parties, like, we can't keep using the social security number as a means of identity. It's yeah. just, it's not secure. And it's the more, the longer that we stay tied to this, the more of these types of identity theft uh, incidents that there are going to be and the more of these security breaches are going to be. Yeah. I have not thought about that, Steve, but uh, I think it's really interesting. If you look at the history of the social security number, it was never meant to be, uh, you know, like a national ID number that this was based on. Yeah. And uh, sort of the baby boomer generation used this in lieu of it because they, uh, you know, they didn't like the idea of the government having like a, a basic ID number. Yeah, I realize it's got Orwellian uh, themes behind it, but honestly, I mean, we've got phones that'll scan your face to lock it for you. <laughs> so, you know, like, I think like a number, like we're talking about basic identity stuff and it's, it's time to move forward. It's time mm -hmm. for government to have a serious talk about cryptography and how to, uh, you know, keep people more safe. So, you know, clearly the system is not working. So, you know, last I'll say on this is I am so proud of Massachusetts. Our tea may suck, but our attorney general, Martha Healy, uh, sued the frack out of Equifax in the very first lawsuit. And I salute her and I cheer her on. And I tell you, if I win my race, I'm going to give uh, a lot more attorney generals all across this country more tools to get this done. Because, you know, we're not going to be able to count on the Trump administration to do oversight. Nope. Yeah. No, I mean, it's either going to be regulation or it's going to be threat of lawsuits is going to get this stuff to happen because yeah. not there's no, there's no financial incentive otherwise. There's no positive financial incentive to do this. There's only the the, the financial risk of not doing it. And if that risk doesn't actually materialize when something egregious happens, then there's no, there's no reason for them to do anything. Yeah. Well, uh, there's, there's certainly more, I'm sure that's going to be coming out on this as we sort of keep an eye on it. And of course we will be. Um, but 
with, with every possibility that you have, definitely keep your eye on your data. Uh, something to that I want to point out is by going and checking on the Equifax site that was set up, you are not opting out of of being able to sue the company. So if you have sort of you know waited because you heard the misinformation being spread on Twitter that by typing in your uh, information to see if you were hacked, you were going to be opting out of being able to do a class action suit, that's false. You absolutely can check your data. You absolutely should check to see if your data was was stolen in this hack and uh, move from there to to follow some some of the basic instructions. And in fact, I'll include a link, uh, or rather Steve will include a link in the show notes to an article that I put together uh, showing people how to uh, follow next steps if they were attacked in this Equifax breach. Yeah. But, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, oh, Well, I was just going to say, like, the, the one way that you do that is by putting a freeze on your credit. And just the yep. only thing that's come out about that is make sure that you're if you're in the iPhone upgrade program, because we're going to talk about the new <laughs> iPhones next, that that could affect your being able to upgrade as well. So be aware of that um, if you're oh. placing an order. Yeah. Okay. And there are a couple of things there. There's uh, a credit freeze and there's an identity uh, watch, basically. And uh, the, the article that I mentioned has instructions for both of those straight from the federal government uh, for, for getting all that set up. So definitely check with that if uh, you're concerned that maybe your data was taken. And we also have an article on uh, how you can be affected uh, if you're trying to do the iPhone upgrade program and you put a credit freeze on your account. So hopefully those will help you out if you're thinking about doing that. But I want to tell you all about about our dear friends at Squarespace who happen to be sponsoring this very episode I right now. I love them. Right? Great. Hey, yeah. Squarespace. Hey, buddies. Uh, if you enter the offer code disruption at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. You see, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. And with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more, you are going to make the best website you've ever made. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Well, Squarespace has an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades, none of it. You don't have to worry about any of it because Squarespace has it all covered for you. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas with the best bling money can offer. Uh, I love Squarespace for the sites that I manage because, uh, as I've mentioned before, they're just on top of things they're, with having the latest and greatest technologies available on the web. And so when HTTPS was really rolling out and starting to get to more and more and more sites, they were quick to offer that, and it was just flipping a switch, and it was on. Apple Pay, etc. They always are, are looking for the next thing and making sure that Squarespace has it. Now, Squarespace plans start at only 12 bucks a month, nothing at all. And guess what? You can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you finally do decide to sign up, if you use that offer code disruption, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase and you'll be showing your support for our show. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website about how much you love Apple's new iPhone. Oh, what? Wait, 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 Micah. So Simone made up a song on the spot about Squarespace. Can you could you do that? Oh, oh, yeah. Squarespace <laughs> is so no, I can't. No, no wait. You can't. No, wait, yes, yes, yes. Okay. <clears throat> Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. You are great and it's gonna be so exciting. You love Squarespace. We love you. Make your move what? and 
Doodly do. All right. Uh, so Apple wow. event. Wow. Uh, it's going straight to the top of the charts. Is what that yeah, is. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what kind of charts it's going to the top of, but it's going to the top of that. I am it, you know what charts is going on top of? My Squarespace site that's called <laughs> Micah's Billboard Hot 100. And every single song in the list is that little clip that I just did there. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I got to go reserve Micah's Billboard Top 100.com. Hang on one second. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, let's talk about I, the, the new uh, iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> so I have to ask because tonight you can start to pre-order some of these new devices that are coming out. And I'm curious, uh, iPhone 10, iPhone 8, uh, this is the basic rundown for anybody who sort of wasn't paying attention. Totally cool. I understand. Not everybody's into Apple, but we've got uh, a new Apple Watch, Apple Watch Series 3, which has LTE built in. And I'm I'm curious to hear, Bree, your opinion on that. We've also got the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, which is sort of just a small iteration on the iPhone 7. It's got a glass back and offers wireless charging and camera improvements. And then last but not least is the iPhone 10, which is the phone of the future. It's got a full screen display with the notch that everybody is talking about today. That same wireless charging and an even better camera system that's got a bunch of stuff as well as Face ID, the thing that some people are afraid of and others don't care much about and everybody else is just fine with it and thinks it's cool. So let's break it down. I want to hear everybody's thoughts on the Apple event. Uh, Okay, so I want to know... Is anyone here falling for the iPhone 8? Because I just want to, I'm worried about, like, Steve, you're not falling for that. No, I, I am, I am firmly on the two-year plan, so I am sticking with my iPhone 7. I am, uh, yeah, well, I've, I gen, I've done it all, all along, and, you know, I bought a Switch, that's where that money went, so I think I'm just going to sit it out, let other people go through all of the fun and joy of a first generation Apple product. And then I'll come in next year once everybody else has done the, the QA and production for me. So see, this is why I can't have kids. This is why, cause like <laughs> I, for me, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to spend that money. And if I had kids, I'd be like, sorry, little Brianna jr. You can't go to college. <laughs> but look at this great little iPhone I've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Micah? Are you following for oh. the iPhone eight? No, hell no. Uh-uh. No, you don't be a damn fool. Yeah. Right. There were people, you know, with work, we have to sort of have our eyes on both devices. And it was funny because as we're kind of figuring out the iMore team and who's going to get which devices, nobody was wanting to stick their neck out to get the iPhone 8. <laughs> and pretty much that's like, that's that's sort of how it ended. Everyone was like, uh, no, I, I, I'm not getting an iPhone 8. Are you kidding me? We're waiting for the iPhone 10. We're going to be fighting yeah. everybody at midnight and 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. Him, depending on where you live, to try and get that doggone thing. So yeah. would you say, I Micah, that, say you got, oh. that you that you got your eye on the iPhone 10 stop, and, side, stop. and a side oh, eye on no. the iPhone 8? Don't, 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 Steve. No. I'm going to make a no. new website called Steve's Worst Puns, and yeah. it's just going to be a list. Oh, it's going to be one. it's going to go be number one on the on the web. It's going to be better than Google. You, you're I, that site. I, I have a Nerf nemesis, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and you know where I'm he sad. lives. I do. Uh, I do. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so I, I will say this about the iPhone 8. It does have the depth sensing camera, mm -hmm. which means it's going to mix like photography with simulated lighting. So like it has a really cool portrait mode where it will figure out all the depth around your face and can like emulate lighting. And to me, that is a very like this is also in the iPhone 10, uh, which is awesome. But that is the only possible reason I would say to upgrade to it. So but yeah, I'm not. So when do, when can we start pre-ordering the Apple Watch though, Micah? Uh, actually, this evening. So, oh. uh, yeah. So, well, oh, now, 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 I'm sort of like, oh no, that seems. No, I'm fairly certain, and in fact, I'll I'm check really like it So, according check to this site called iMore.com, that I'm, I'm told is <laughs> Never an authority on this, that uh, yeah. you can pre-order beginning September 15th at 3:01 a.m. Yeah. Eastern, which would be tonight as we're recording this. Yeah, okay. as we're recording, it's this evening, and that—that's what I was. Uh, what? Where are the prices on it? Is it the same as my old Apple Watch? Uh, no. So, are you talking about the, the LT? Like, because yeah. okay, yeah, the 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 Series Three with GPS and cellular starts at three ninety nine, so four hundred dollars. Mm. Uh, the Series Three that just has GPS but no cellular starts at three twenty nine. Now, if you get the Series Three with the GPS and cellular. Uh, pretty much all of the the carriers have confirmed it's going to be ten bucks extra on your phone plan. Yeah. I'm not. I, see, yeah. Bree, what do what do you? Because I like I could you you run you you like to, to to run and so see and that, like so that this device makes more sense for you rather than like for me I'm like I don't really want this in the first place but I also would just I don't want the utility to pay ten dollars extra but for you there's actually a reason would you is this something that you are maybe into and would yeah, you pay that well, ten bucks extra? I I wouldn't if my Apple Series One uh, watch were working, but it's mega quirky at this point. Like mm -hmm. Apple changed their policies and gave me a break to repair it because uh, it was getting so hot it would sculpt my skin. Oh, oh my. Uh, yeah, it, no, that was not good. And now the heart rate monitor is very quirky. But straight up, I don't use it for anything more than to check my heart rate while I run, and that's it. Because if it's at 150, I'm like, come on, you got to get out to 160, Bree. Don't be lazy. And then if like I'm running my hardest, if it's at 140, I know I'm getting sick. So uh, <laughs> that's all. That's all I use it for. Um, I think with the LTE watch, I think it would have the possibility of like, I mean, both of you have partners. You can identify with this. Like when you're out on a date and you're trying to be present in the moment, if your phone is there, it's really alluring. Mm -hmm. And I can see like putting my phone in my purse or leaving it in the car, but knowing if something really goes down, I've got my phone with me still. Yeah. Um, that's very appealing to me to kind of be more in the moment. So uh, also with running, uh, you know, the ability to call Uber or 911. Uh, like we had a woman in tech murdered uh, here in Massachusetts while she was out running recently. That's really appealing to me. So I will buy this when I eventually upgrade, but I'm not sure if I'm going to stay up late tonight to do that. I'll just pick it up at the store sometime. That actually seems to be the the round, uh, like from what I've heard, there aren't a whole lot of people who are so gung-ho about it that they're staying up tonight. Uh, my colleague Serenity Caldwell is, and that's because she wants to have have it, you know, as, as soon as possible. Yeah, and yeah. then, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, 
friend of of at least me, uh, Kyle <laughs> Kyle Seth Gray, who many people know on Twitter. Uh, he's actually in the Apple Watch video that played, um, and of course, he will be staying up uh, tonight to to get his. So there there are a few people who are you know hopping on it to make sure that they can get it. But yeah, I don't I don't foresee or have rather not heard a lot of people saying like I gotta get this right away. And in fact, one of my friends who um, was planning on staying up to get one when he found out that the that Apple Music wasn't going to be coming until later this fall. The what? Sort of, oh, yeah, what's the yeah? You can't get oh, that. Yeah, not until later this fall can you get streaming on Apple Watch uh, for, with with Apple Music. Oh so my God. Like, he said, "Okay, well that's point. a deal breaker." I mean, not not the bye, Felicia. Point. Yeah, <laughs> bye, Felicia. So you're still not going to be able to go run. I mean, you could go running in silence, I guess, without your phone. But you're still well. Gonna you your can phone if you want to listen to music. Or you could take you know, well, a, you you can, know, an iPod Nano with you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you can else? sync playlists to it. You can sync mm. playlists to your Apple Watch, even if you have like a Series Zero like mine. But in terms of just having you know an endless supply of music, you're going to have to wait until later this fall to do that. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like the new... I do... I'm happy about the new um, heart rate stuff because I... That, that's something that I've had to pay attention to just in general because I have uh, a pretty fast metabolism and have had to sort of monitor my heart and caffeine intake at the same time and how the two affect each other. And so being able to see my minimums and maximums and uh, just was talking to a specialist recently and I was able to show her those values and it was helpful in, in her helping me as well uh, with different things. And so I'm happy that, that Apple Watch is updated to include these extra features with the heart rate. Cause like, you know, it, it's, it's not something that's front of mind like it is for you, Brie, in terms of having that feature on my Apple Watch. But whenever I do need it, it's there. And that's really helpful uh, because I usually just use my Apple Watch to tell the time and occasionally see notifications. And other than that, like it's not a fitness device for me and it just turned out that it was a uh, sort of a health device and i i had sort of forgotten that it was doing that kind of thing and when i pulled yeah, that up just wait like, till oh, yeah, you're out of your out. 20s micah <laughs> it will be more of a health, <laughs> then, then it'll be. at that point yeah there yeah. you go uh so uh, you know iphone uh, we didn't hear anything about the home pod we didn't really hear anything about uh pretty much anything else it was uh an iphone and apple watch show for the most part but i'm curious you know, just just any takes that you have on iPhone 10, especially the notch, because we've got some interesting conversations taking place today, especially where people are like, I can't I won't be able to unsee the notch. And I just I'm, I want to hear what you think. What do you think about the notch? Uh, I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I don't really care that much. Yeah. Like, I'm more worried about yeah, winning my race for Congress. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it seems like of... the kind of thing you're going to get used to if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're inclined to jump on the iPhone 10 at launch. It's the kind of thing that you're just going to get used to, and you'll deal with it. And it'll probably be that awkward like six month period where apps need to update like. Probably like when we moved to retina screens and everything was fuzzy and ugly for a while. And then eventually the apps caught up. Um, I mean, some of the things that, that some of the pictures that have been going around Twitter feel like they're problems that'll just kind of get themselves worked up as people learn how to design for the thing. Like I, it seems like it could have been, you know, done a little bit differently and maybe been a little bit more elegant if they, if they tried to design around it, I mean, ultimately the real solution is to get the LC to go in front of the camera array, but that's a much tougher problem to solve. And it's not really realistic to expect them to solve that with the first gen one, though maybe they will in subsequent versions of it. 
I don't know. It just seems like it's much ado about nothing. It's the kind of thing that's going to be like in in two weeks, nobody's going to speak of it, and it's going to be fine. Yep. I, see, I, there are people who absolutely hate the white front iPhones or or other iDevices because of the fact that they have because you can see the screen and it doesn't sort of fade in. I love uh, my rose gold devices and I like the the white glass on the front, and so that's never been a concern for me. So when I'm looking at the screen, the edges, the white edges disappear, and so it's not like this. This is nothing that I'm even going to be paying attention to. Um, so for me, at least, it was just sort of like a I don't really, I, I found myself lately just not even caring much at all about the sort of uh, silly conversations and arguments that yeah. take place with these kinds of things. It's like, man, you know, as Bri had mentioned, there are, there are quite a few serious things going on right now. Yeah. So it's like, you got a notch to worry about. That's great. But uh, let's, you know, let's, let's be concerned about some, some other things as well. Yeah. Um, I, I do well, have, a, I, before, before we go off of that though, I just want to get your opinions on, on, whether like what because i i'm and i'm asking seriously like i'm not being salty i'm really legitimately asking seriously because i don't know the answer to this like what is the benefit of removing the home button other than you know the fact that you're extending the screen to the bottom obviously but like i feel do you like they, do you have the do you have the old iphone like the small baby iphone for babies do you have that one <laughs> not baby. anymore no i mean i i know that the, the you know the hardware button was a problem because it would just break like that well, that's uh, fair yeah, yeah, but yeah. like i feel like they came up with a fairly elegant solution with the iphone 7 and i actually really like it took me a little while to get used to it but i actually really like the are you talking about reachability no i'm talking about the uh the the force touch um home button on the iphone the, 7. Yeah, oh the, the okay button. yeah so i mean but the which iphone do you have is it the 7 or the 7 plus the 7 Okay, see, that's why you don't understand it. Okay. So, okay. yeah, if you've got the Plus, like, I love the Plus. I will never go back to the Plus. Thank you, Georgia Dow, for bringing me the Ministry of the Plus and <laughs> bringing that into my life. There was a dark moment, Micah, where I didn't believe in the Plus. Oh. And Georgia Dow called me up and said, Brianna, just stick with it. And I stayed with it. And I'm so happy. I'm so, glad she was there yeah, for you. She was there for me in a dark moment. The thing is, though, this, like, I have pains in my pinky finger because the seven ounce thing is sitting on my pinky finger all day long, all of the time. And it is, it's so big, it's awkward. So mm. I think if you have a seven, like totally fair, you're probably not like going, oh my God, do whatever it takes to get this thing smaller. <laughs> I don't care. I'll $200 more, fine, whatever. And so that's the thing. Like it's a screen that's as big as the plus. It's one seventh as heavy. Mm. And I don't care if they have to rip the entire Apple ecosystem apart <laughs> and make developers have to stay up nights, like learning new stuff. And <laughs> like, like I don't care. They could be charging $2,000 more for this thing. And I would pay it because that's how much I need a lighter phone. I am seconding everything that Bree says. My okay. left pinky is a little bit deformed because of yeah. <laughs> having that thing yes. resting on my pinky all the time. Uh, but I mean, Steve, you, you said aside from the fact that it extends, like that's that is that's the main thing. I know, it's I understand. A, it's that's the fact the main, that the, that's the main draw for it. But yeah, and like the, of course, the reason to not have a home button and to have as few buttons as possible is to continue to make a more uh, dust and, and waterproof device as much as possible. And yeah. 
any way to sort of thin it out and make it less heavy and also find ways to limit the parts on it that can break. All of those things yeah. contribute to uh, this being the... Again, Apple dances between decisions and designs that are made for the sake of, of sort of advancing technology and, and trying cool new things and also just designing with the constraints that they have. And so if you, if they've got these sort of issues in place, an example of this is the edges of the new iPhone 10 screen. It, the reason that they made the OLED display fold underneath and uh, wrap around the device is so that there would be an edge-to-edge display as opposed to sort of having the bevel that exists right now on the iPhone. Like if you hold up your, your iPhone 7 or 7 Plus and you look around the corners of the screen, you can see a black bevel and that's not going to exist on the iPhone 10 because of the fact that they sort of, you know, worked with this, this flexible OLED display and they do that kind of thing a lot. So, uh, it's interesting to see sort of how maybe uh, these different technologies, especially something like face ID is a bit of uh, a cool new elegant solution, but also a solution to a problem that they had where they couldn't do certain things that they wanted to do. So it's a give and a take there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess where my I'm coming from is that I'm looking at them, Use, using a swipe up to activate the home button or to replace the home button. And I'm thinking of every time that I've been inside of an app and I've tried to bring up control center or bring mm-hmm. down the notification pane and I have to swipe like five times to get it to pick up like the little, the little grab handle that will actually right. make it come up. And I'm thinking that I'm, I'm assuming that they fix that with the iPhone 10, but it so, seems like I've I'd never had trouble button, with that, you know? I've, I've been never digging. had trouble with that. Yeah. Maybe it's a seven I, thing also that it's just yeah, smaller. maybe, could maybe. Be, and it's yeah. harder. It's harder to grab it. I have no end of trouble. Like I'll get a text message from Maureen while I'm playing Hearthstone, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I guess this text message is waiting till my game is done. So if you play if you play Hearthstone on your seven, like I really don't understand at that point why you don't have the plus because like there are a lot of games I play and it's so much better on the plus side screen. Like I've done a lot of fun. Fancy. I've played a lot of Hearthstone. I've played a lot of other card games on there, yeah. uh, like Microsoft Solitaire. I, you know, like, I see my husband doing it on his seven. He's squinting at it like he's looking at an electron microscope, <laughs> and it's just like, no, you go with the like George said, go big or go home. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I like having the smaller, the smaller thing in my hand, I guess, and I yeah. don't really like the bigger. You well, that's what the iPhone 10 is. That's not how yeah. we do it in America, Steve. Yeah, come on. Bigger <laughs> is always better. Don't you, don't you yeah, know? Come on. Oh, wait, that's like a Canadian accent. I don't even know I'm talking like that. I, um, I had to be talked into the fact that the 4.7 inch screen was going to be a good thing for me because I was happy with the old form factor. So I was right yeah. there with you complaining yeah. about it. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The last thing I was just going to say on that is, um, and, and of course, this is going to be up to individual developers to actually follow these guidelines. But the, I've been reading through new documentation and the human interface guidelines for iPhone 10 specifically call out that that area down at the bottom where that little home button bar thingy is, the little home button picker, is not supposed to have any content behind it. So at the very bottom there, like that's supposed to be left alone, Steve. So that should help to mitigate because there's not going to be sort of confusion on accidentally touching tab bars or anything like that. It's just going to be that home button. Uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to talk about Oh man, you know if this guy's making headlines, he's uh, probably done something what terrible. A jerk. God. Uh, uh YouTube 
Uh, the, the guy that for some reason everybody idolizes on YouTube who plays video games and talks during them on, on a YouTube stream, uh, PewDiePie, um, he, and I say that, you know, why do they idolize him? He's made mistakes in the past. And once again, um, he, during a live stream decided that, uh, shouting the N word, the N word was going to be a good, good thing to do. Uh, it's, it's appears that he had said it. And I think this makes it even worse. Uh, it was not his sort of terrible, 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 terrible sort of stand up nonsense that he does. This was just like him playing and then something happened in the game that he didn't like and he decided that the N-word was the appropriate thing to say because of it. Uh, since that's happened, uh, Campo Santa, I, I can't remember how this oh, is pronounced. Yeah, but Campo it's, Santa. Is it Campo Santa? Oh, thank you. Uh, the, the company that makes Firewatch uh, said, put it in a, a copyright takedown request and YouTube accepted it. Now that means that uh, PewDiePie has a strike against his account and if he gets two more strikes aka three strikes then he is out officially uh, uh, or pretty much his account is completely shut down and won't be able to upload any more videos with that account and also the videos that are there will also be removed um people i think are finally and I, I, it's upsetting that it's just now finally starting to happen because of the things that he's done in the past uh you know pull away from him and say this is enough and enough is enough and it's you know there are no excuses anymore uh no i don't agree with that like did you see my tweet that went hyper viral about this micah i did not so i i've the most popular tweet i've ever made in my entire twitter account more than the one that made me famous during gamergate it was like rt if you don't uh you use racial epithets when you get frustrated at video games and i mean i think last time i checked it's it's getting close to fifteen thousand. i i think that's how many it's gotten uh and uh, I would say at least one out of three of the comments are people saying, oh, I use this all the time. It doesn't mean anything. And it's all white people. Yeah, it's course. all white people going like, yeah, I use the N-word all the time in games. It doesn't do any harm. And I'm like, your opinion does really? not matter. I don't care. It's like, you know, Steve, this is like another thing PewDiePie did was he – uh he mailed, uh, he had some people that carved things in wood if you wanted them to do it. And he had them carve something. What was it? Like kill all the Jews death, or something death like that? Jews. He had them death carve to all a sign Jews. that said right. death to all Jews. It was off of yeah. Fiverr. And, right. and they were in another country and probably very desperate for the money. And they don't know what, right. you know, what he's having them do. They may not speak English. I'm not sure. And right. he, you know, had them do that. And then, you know, pre it, that wasn't in the heat of the moment, as he says. That was like part of a whole sketch that he thought about, you know, went through, put the, put the thing through to them, got the thing back, and then still thought that, hey, this is, this would be funny if I put this in a video up on my YouTube, um, channel. And that, <laughs> funny, and that yeah. was, en that was at least enough to get Disney to drop him. But, you know, there are still people who, like, that's why when I first saw this, I'm like, well, yeah, of course he used the N-word in the middle of a video game because that's like that's how his brain works. Like I'm not surprised that he is. I'm I'm shocked and and disappointed that he did, but I'm not surprised because yeah. like that's that's something that I would expect that would happen and and the fact of the matter is like I am well acquainted with swearing at my computer screen <laughs> while playing Hearthstone. It happens a lot. It got to the point where one of one of the twins actually started going seriously every time that she's playing hard so because she hears me do it and that's and i keep my, vo my my words clean around them i have never used a word like that in 
anger at a video game, even when I've been my saltiest. And it sounds like we need another episode of Bree's Parenting Corner. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she's never going to get that esports scholarship at this rate. You know, I, we need to we need to go Tiger Mom on her. But, um, but but it's like that's that's the thing is that it's the difference between you will utter that because it enters your mind and that's a word that you would use, except that you're afraid of the consequences of it. Versus that's not a word in your vocabulary because it doesn't exist for you, and and that's mm-hmm. really the difference. And and I think that. There's kind of not a recognition. I'm sure not on a lot of those people who are, who are looking at this and thinking that that could be them, but they're not making it to the next step, which is, Hey, if this is something that's coming out of my mouth when I'm not consciously keeping myself from saying it, maybe there's some more work that I need to do to keep that from happening in the first place. Yeah. I mean, Micah, what do you think? I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm uh, obviously I'm I'm disappointed. This is this is <laughs> this is not okay. And the fact that yes, there are so many people who are still standing up for this guy, and you know he, it, it's it's the same thing. He did the he did the stupid stuff. I'll say before, and he then you know feigned apologetic, and then he does this and is feigning apologetic again. And uh, the the quote, it's a pretty big deal. If I get more than three of them, my channel will be shut down. So like he's still just thinking about himself in this situation. He's thinking about his channel and whether he can keep going and making money yeah. doing what he does. And like it's just someone who has no consequences, and that is what is incredibly. it's you know just being angry about it is is, of course but like it's it's frustrating that uh, time and time again there are so many people who get to make these mistakes and they don't ever learn from it and i don't ever see him learning from this i don't think he's the type of person who will based on how he's interacted and reacted to these things in the past no so i don't know what to do you know what i mean like what 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 is there to do because this person is not ever going to learn a lesson yeah i mean ultimately he's still he's still at the point like all those other people where he's He's sorry because of the consequences of what happened. He's not sorry because he hurt people. And, and honestly, I don't care about his apologies at this point because he just shrugged off this death to all Jews thing as, oh, well, it's just a joke. And, you know, I remember there was a Polygon editorial about why YouTubers get humor wrong a lot. And it's like, no, look, I, I it's not funny, especially with what's happened since. Uh, you know, it's not funny. And there's no reason to make that quote unquote a joke. So he's not learning. Your apology doesn't mean anything if you keep doing it. And if you're not doing anything to change and you're not doing anything to reflect and you're just sorry because you're, you're feeling consequences for something that, but you don't understand why it's wrong. Then what, what good is the apology? It's just going to keep happening. I I have a theory about um, why so many gamers are defending him. And my theory is that if he is held to consequences, it means they are going to be held to consequences. And, you know, yeah. something I, I'm really struck by, like back when the show was isometric, Maddie actually had defended PewDiePie because she wanted, uh, you know, first he was kind of like not this bro game journalist guy that would like play games and yeah. like make funny noises with it. Um, like she defended him as like a diverse voice. I saw a video from him this week where he was uh, saying sexism didn't exist in Hollywood. He was personally attacking Jennifer Lawrence. He was denying that global warming uh, 
exists and is influenced by the uh, actions of the Trump administration. And I just think that's like four short steps from, you know, hyper game bro. Like that's really scary to me. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to do other than to, you know, keep holding people like this to consequences. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's got a big audience and, you know, um, if you use that word, there's no excuse for it. Yeah, Just no. don't. So, yeah, I hope, I hope that other, uh, game companies will follow suit. And like that, that seems to be the only sort uh, sort of consequence that can take place is if he does get those three strikes. And I, I understand he'll probably just build some following somewhere else, but at least, at least there's something. I know it doesn't do much, but at least there's something. And if this is where most of that happens, of course, then you have the the concern that that causes a bunch of uh, the the more scary people who who hide in the in the darkened corners of the internet, sort of coming to his aid because he's being silenced and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Can, can there be something done? That would be nice if there's some sort of consequence. My friends in the game industry have been talking about this quite a lot because, like Revs. 60 is a story-based game. The story is all that's out there. And I think there is a conversation we need to have with people like streaming our content and our own, you know, ownership over the content that we create. Uh, you know, if I make a movie and then Steve puts up a YouTube of like him watching my movie, that's very clearly like taking my intellectual property and then using it for his, uh, you know, monetization. Yeah, I realize this is a fine dance and like Nintendo is probably too strict on this. But I do think there's a conversation we need to have about like creators being to being able to like own that um, content and you know exercise control over it. Yeah, I, well, I think there's there's a flip side to that too, which is that um, you know this is fine for this scenario, right? Because PewDiePie has plenty of money. He's, I'm sure, even if he ended up in this copyright scenario. He probably, he probably has people at YouTube he can talk to. He's not, his channel's not getting shut down. But like, when, let's say that we have a game that's not a story based game, right? Like, let's say that you have somebody streaming Hearthstone or, or Overwatch or whatever. And, and a, the company comes in because they're saying something critical of the company, for example. And the company says, okay, well, the, our only recourse to get you to stop streaming our content is to put in a, a DMCA and we're within our rights to do that. So, and at that point, that streamers, you know, got a strike against them on, on their account. It's, I think that's the one thing that we need to be a little bit careful of that this could be a slippery slope in terms of you know, there, there are people who are making their living doing this. Again, not necessarily for story based games, but for specific video games. And it does seem a little bit like, like every time that you do something like this for a good reason, there's going to be somebody who's going to do it for a bad reason. And I worry that this may be opening Pandora's box up a little bit there. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's, I don't think it's anything with one hard and fast rule. And I think it's a conversation that our industry needs to have. But, you know, I I just do have to say, like for a story-based game like Firewatch, the only reason to keep playing that is to, you know, hear the story and understand the story. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think there's a conversation we need to have there. Although, I mean, it it should be said, that's not the reason that they're doing the DMCA because they were fine at the time with, you know, with him streaming the game to promote it. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, and all that's left, of course, is for us to answer questions from our wonderful listeners. And we did get one in. Steve, can you read the question for yeah. us? So um, we got a question. I, I'm I'm assuming I can read his name because the question is not particularly sensitive. Uh, so we got a question from James who says, um, you're asking for questions on the show this week. And I was wondering what class each of you would play if you played a, a game of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm chaotic good all the way, and I usually play. Uh, I usually play rogue. So I <laughs> know that's a huge surprise. So my so I have always played in the different campaigns that I've played, other than um, the one Gamma World campaign that we're playing right now on the Incomparable, which is not Dungeons and Dragons, but is instead. Uh, Gamma World. But every other time I've ever played, I've played one character named Elevore, and Elevore is a half-elf druid. I think druids are cool because they can turn into animals, and I, it's so much fun to be, oh yes, suddenly I'm a dire wolf. Oh yes, suddenly I'm a shark who can swim in this water, DM. I bet you weren't expecting that. So I absolutely love uh, druids for their wild shape abilities. So, what about you, Steve? So I... I, I have not played D&D since I was 12, but in every fantasy-based video game that I played, I have always gravitated towards playing a mage. Every single time, going back to, like, the sorceress in Diablo. And just because my general strategy in every game is to sit back and launch ginormous fireballs at things and make things burn. So that has always been the way that I like to play games. It even extends into Hearthstone a little bit. Um, so I would, I would be a mage every single time. Fireballs all the way. All right. We're well, opinionated. I know. It's, it's, you know, Fireballs I, all I, the way. I didn't know you felt so strongly, Steve. Lickens. I, you know, sometimes you just need to watch the world burn. You know what I mean? Like that's. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. I am sometimes a very peaceful person, Steve. Yes. I don't understand that at all. You know, I, you know, it's, you know, uh, you know, fireballs, frostbolts, you know raging death from above that that's that's fun that's good stuff whoa really whoa 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 if you would like to get in touch and ask <laughs> steve what the heck is going on here's how you can do that if you know a good therapist <laughs> yeah call us yeah call us, maybe please. maybe yeah. there's uh maybe there's a therapist that we could talk to to, to help me work through my issues. <laughs> Call us at five, George and Al, can you call us at 508-418-3532? Or you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM. Please do use the hashtag disrupt me if you decide to do that. And if you'd rather keep things private, you can send us a direct message. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. If you're looking for the show notes, you can look in that app that you're using right now. Look down. Look right there. Do you see that? That's the show notes. But if they're not showing up for some reason, you can go to relay.fm slash disruption and find links to all the things we talked about, including those iMore articles I mentioned earlier. Uh, if you're looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter or at the on in, or the inexplicable domain name, chihuahua.coffee. Hey, Steve, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Well, if you want to hear me uh, talking at length about how druids are ruining Hearthstone right now, you can uh, you can listen to me on OffCurve at OffCurve.com. And uh, you can also find me posting about whatever on Twitter at WickedGood. 
Excellent. Hey, Bree, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? You can't find me. Anyway. <laughs> I'm invisible. No, you can find me on uh, the Twitter machine. Uh, before we go, I want to tell you guys about a really freaking fun thing that we're doing. Uh, we are having, so Star Trek, uh, the new Star Trek comes out. Is it this week or next week? Um, I think it's, it's sometime very soon. We are having a huge party, campaign party, uh, with about 30 people. So if you want to sign up for that, uh, go to BriannaWu2018.com and come. And Steve, look, you don't have a choice here. We're renting out an entire theater to go see Star Wars in. An entire freaking theater. You can buy tickets to see Star Wars today uh, with my campaign. So uh, we will have one showing on opening weekend and another on a Tuesday. So oh, that's uh, smart. And, you know, honestly, like renting out a theater is a very expensive event. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, progressives, it's time for us to, like, have some fun, like, politically organizing and go see Star Wars. So so uh, if you want to like contribute to some really fun fundraising, uh, go to BriannaWu2018.com. Okay, I will, I will start arranging for babysitting now so that yeah. I, can, I can make that happen. Yeah, you will. Because I'm, and... I'm not going six months without seeing Star Wars Episode Eight, like I did yeah. with some other Star Wars movies. Yes, and not get uh, not get spoiled or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and of course, last but not least, Georgia Dow. If people are looking for you online. Where can they find you? Oh, <laughs> you can find me at Georgia underscore Dow. <laughs> uh, awesome, I, I can Georgia only Dow. That Georgia's bought a Switch, and she's just busy playing um, all of the Switch games that she should buy. That's, and that's and if not, then we'll have to interrogate her about that. And if not, then she may be recording more videos for uh, anxiety-videos.com or homepodanxiety.com, which will both get you help with any anxiety you might be experiencing, uh, as well as depression, boundaries, and other things that I can't remember, even though Georgia says it every week. I'm sorry, Georgia Dow. Steve, get us out of here before she hears me and sends her falcons and sharks after me. Embrace the notch. Do it. <laughs> 